Amen. So praise God. Yeah, he he always does things with abundance. He has a heavy hand. Amen. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over abundantly. That's him. Amen. That's our God. Amen. Praise God. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace. We find mercy and we find grace that helps us in our time of need. And we need you very much, Lord. We thank you for this time we have with you. Thank you, Lord, that you consistently feed us. We can depend on that. So we love you, Lord, and we honor you for those things that you give us. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. So uh, before we get started, I thought I would mention some things that we have available. I don't know. Sometimes there's a disconnect between what we do on Facebook and, and live, and then people can get repeats of it and what our website offers. So um, I was speaking with someone, a friend of our ministry, uh, on Facebook this past week and uh, reminded him of, of some things that we are teaching, you know, in our school of, of the prophets on Saturday. And uh, I was telling him, I said, I got a couple books I want to send you. And he said, oh, I'm excited. And I thought, well, he's excited. <laughs> we ought to get everybody excited. So thank you, Eric, for the Eric Thomas, our friend on Facebook, for that encouragement. And so we wanted to offer this book. Um, well, it's two books, actually. It's two volumes. God wants us to be prophetic people. Amen. He wants us to be prophetic people. And I think if we can understand it's God's will that everybody prophesies, sons and daughters prophesy, amen, not fortune-telling. There's a big difference, amen. Your, the prophet is not your fortune-teller. Amen. Yeah. Uh, we're not only to, if you read the Bible, the prophet not only announced good fortune, he offered an, also announced misfortune. So, <laughs> so you don't want to hear that. Most people don't want to, but sometimes you need to hear those things so you can bring correction to your own life. But this is two volumes and it's uh, $10 per volume and we will pay the shipping. Free shipping. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we can do that in the uh, second volume. Uh, this one has some some topics that the the teaching on the office of the prophet is contained in this one. Uh, prophetic people speak by unction. Prophetic people do exploits. Prophetic people are confrontational people. We confront the devil, not flesh and blood. Back off. OK. So this is, uh, and I think that's what separates real prophetic people from people that want to be, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, you, you understand who your enemy is and you fight the enemy and not people. So if you get those, uh, we'll throw in this teeny little book on the office of the prophet. So you can keep it in your wherever, on your person. Or But we just came across these and I thought, well, as an incentive, we'll include those in. And uh, we are redoing it in this version, The Office of the Prophet. So you'll have that as a separate book because I think there's a lot of interest in what the prophet's office really is about. It's much more than giving words to people. Um, wow. You know, all you have to do is read a little bit of the Bible to find that out. But uh, this one we can – can we send this one free with the other one or no? The little one free? 
this one free. Well, you'll get a free one no matter what. Uh, but this one's $7. So you can get this uh, Office of the Prophets for $7. And uh, we give you ordering information is on the website, ministryofthewatchman.com. And uh, it explains everything. Amen. Or you can text or write or email or however you want to. But we'll give you it's, it's very simple to order from there because it's a nice updated website. If I must say so myself, I didn't do it so I can give glory to God and credit to the human that did it. No, <laughs> Shannon does all of our tech work like that. So it's been updated and very nice. And we also have an app that you can get on your phone and you can get all your Watchman stuff in one compact place. Everything's archived on there and easy access. It's just very, very convenient. So you got no excuses for not being up on everything <laughs> that God wants you to be up on. And, uh, but, but I will remind us about the books that are available, uh, because we need to start understanding more, I think. Um, so many churches have closed down and don't know if they're going to open again. And thank God we never closed. We toughed it out through the social distancing and mask wearing and, everything and god kept us healthy and whole i'm so thankful for that and uh so we we want to let people know that the churches are open here and in detroit and that you can come in and worship and come in and pray saturday is our school of ministry day our school of the prophets and we pray on that day uh, and we have uh, teaching so what you get on saturdays is just half of the meeting the other half is prayer and so uh, we're we're trying to see how we can open the prayer up to more people. If you want to pray online or something like that or give prayer requests, we'll figure out how we can do that. But you're free to, you know, the the um, um, chat line, whatever, to the ministry is open all the time when we're live. So you can put in a prayer request now and uh, just text it to us and we'll be able to pray for you uh, as the Lord leads. Pray for you today. and if he says to continue to pray for you we will do that as well so anyway so that's everything i think amen so the new office of the prophet is seven dollars and that includes sipping and um, the office of the prophet each volume is 10 bucks and we can take what She went right to the money. I was I was talking about maybe discounting for two volumes. <laughs> yeah, we'll do two for eighteen. You get both volumes for eighteen dollars. Amen. And we still pay for sipping. Yeah. <laughs> so we take everything: Mastercard, Visa, PayPal. Uh, we might find a way to do Cash App for those who are. That's a young people thing. My nieces have their own cash app. How do I know? Right. That's right. Right, 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 right. So anyway, but they're in college and they need their little blessings. So Baba's glad to do that for them. So amen. So we're going to continue yesterday talking about joy, God's other medicine. Amen. That's God's other medicine. We know his medicine is the word. Amen. 
And you need doses of joy just like you need doses of the word. Amen. You you need the fruit of the spirit to keep your spirit man strong and to keep him in a place where he can resist the powers of darkness. Uh, and and it's just that simple. Uh, but it takes discipline to to just train yourself to yield to the fruit of the spirit instead of obeying the dictates of the flesh. Amen. And so this is this is why we war and this is why we fight is to maintain our position in the spirit so that you stay close to God so that your life goes well, so that everything works for you. Uh, when we distance ourselves from God, and that's the enemy's plan. You know, he likes nudging us off of our stance. He likes nudging us off of our joy and nudging us off of our peace. And if he can goad us and push us off of our position, then we're easy prey to his wiles and what he wants to do and defeat us and discourage us and all of the above. So we we war to maintain our position in the spirit. You're not warring against people. You're warring to maintain a position, amen, uh, that you don't want to be moved off of. You know, you, you want to be steadfast and immovable because you're you're guarding your life, you know, the things that pertain to your life. You're guarding those things, and, and that's the good thing about God. He puts us in a position where we can know his peace and know that our life is secure. You know, your your job is secure, your family's secure. All the things that you hold dear are secure, and you know it because you have his peace. You have, his, you have the fruit of the Spirit flowing through you as a constant reminder of your covenant with God, constant reminder that God holds everything that you love secure. And so this is this is how we live as believers, to live in that realm of the spirit where the fruit of the spirit flow through us. And joy is probably the the um, top notch of the fruit. You know, uh, people always tell, oh, love, but you can't really measure that too well. No. Love isn't just, you know, a good feeling about people, being nice to people and all of that. Love is really a a very powerful force, and it's a resilient force that allows us to overcome things in our lives. And so love is, there's the essence of love in all of the fruit of the Spirit. The the gentleness is a touch of love. Amen. Self-control has a touch of love in it. Amen. Meekness has a touch of love in it. Amen. Kindness has a touch of love. Peace has a touch of love. Amen. All of the fruit of the spirit have a touch of love. Joy, though, is a warrior's trophy. Amen. Joy is the warrior's trophy. Amen. Amen. The Bible says he who sits in the heaven laughs. Now, I thought I had that written down somewhere. I don't know if I have it. So, Shannon, if you know where it is and you can find it for me. I know it's in a, it's in a psalm. Can we get a psalm for me, please? Ah, there you go. Psalms 2, verse 4.
And see, you you know you're walking with God if you can if your laugh is spontaneous out of your spirit. You don't have to force it. You don't have to, you know, make it up and pump yourself up. Verses two, verse one, and this was really a, a messianic uh, psalm, and it's Jesus on the cross. Actually, it says, "Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing?" Amen. What's the vain thing that that the devil could keep Jesus in hell? Amen. That he was dead forever. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. In other words, he'll be able to make fun of everybody who comes against him, against those who serve him, that are obedient to him. And so if we are seated with the Lord in heavenly places and we are by virtue, number one, of the anointing and number two, of how you respond to things. You know, now you can claim all day long you're seated in heavenly places, but if you're wrestling in the flesh, you're discouraged, you're despondent and all of the above and you're hopeless and helpless, you're not seated nowhere. You got me? You have yet to ascend to the place of seating with him. The Bible says that if we suffer with him, we will reign with him. What suffering? See, people are scared of that word. That word only means allow. What do you allow in your life? Do you allow God to shut your mouth and you hold your peace? Do you allow God to demand certain things from your life and you continue to be obedient even when you think it's not working? Huh? That's the sufferings of Christ, to not be tied in to the love of the world and the things of the world, to just be obedient to what God tells you to do, and then you allow him to bring your reward in due season. So that's when you're seated. You you reign with him as you suffer with him. Because if we think we can reign while we're in the flesh, we kill up half the people we know. And that's on a good day. The other half go, if we have a bad day, the other half go. Amen. And so we, we have to understand these things. You know, you're not seated nowhere if you're ranting and raving and cussing and snorting and carrying on. You're seated if you're allowing those things. You're allowing the spirit of Christ to rule in you and respond as he would respond. Jesus was not moved by a lot of the, the evil things that were done against him. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. I'm from a different place. And we've got different standards. We've got different rules. We've got different vision, different outcome. The Lord's outcome was that he would suffer and die for the sins of the world. Amen. And so his outcome for us is that we would divorce ourselves from the lusts of the world long enough to have the development of Christ in us, the character of Christ developed in us. And so as we're walking this life, we are passing up a lot of opportunities to do a lot of things that don't line up with the character of God. Amen. And you do it peacefully. You do it gladly. You do it with joy. You do it knowing that God approves of you and that you can be seated with him. And that's when you can laugh at the devil. Amen. 
and say, oh, dear devil, you thought you had me today when you did this, that, and the other, but I got you. Amen. You can look at the devil and say, no, you can't kill me. I'm healed already. Amen. And I'm dead to sin and alive unto righteousness. I did. I died at Calvary. So you can't kill a dead person. Amen. I died to everything that you have to offer when I received Christ. And so that's when we can have God's joy. That's when we can have his assurance that everything is given to us. In John 16, if you'll turn there, Jesus begins to exhort his disciples. He's about to leave them. They think it's going to be, you know, one of them seated at the right hand and one of seated at the left in a, a worldly kingdom. But he's talking about a heavenly kingdom. In uh, John 16, I think it starts in verse 20. Nineteen, and he's speaking them. You know, uh, uh, when he talks about in a little while you won't see me, but then in another little while you will see me, and they were confused about that. Verse eighteen, they said, "They therefore, what is this that he says? A little while we cannot tell what he's saying." Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him, and he said unto them. Do you inquire among yourselves of what I said a little while and you shall not see me and again a little while you shall see me? Truly, truly, I say unto you that you shall weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. So that's what happened when he went to the cross. All of his disciples were upset and angry. The world was rejoicing and you shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish for for the joy that a man is born into the world. And now you, therefore, have sorrow. But I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man can take from you. If you're rejoicing in Christ, no man can take that joy from you. If you're rejoicing because Jesus has overcome everything on your behalf, no man can take that joy from you. Amen. Nobody can take that joy. I don't care what they threaten. They can't take that joy away from you. He said, truly, truly, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Heretofore you have asked nothing in my name, but ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. So Jesus really promises us that by asking and receiving, your immediate response should be joy. Should be If you really believe you received when you prayed, your immediate response should be that of joy. Amen. There should be something that rings inside of you that says, I have this. God's working on my behalf. I can't lose this because God gave it to me. And this joy that I have, it comes from another place. It's not even from here. So it's not subject to what goes on in my life and in the world. This joy that God has given me, he has given me because he has overcome the world. He said in the world, you will have trouble. We all know that's true. Whether you say it's true or not, you know it's true. Amen. You can go out and go to start your car up and it sounds funny to you. 
huh? And even though you pull off and drive and get home safely in the back of your mind, huh? My right poppy, I mean, is this a girl thing or a boy thing or is this for everybody? It's for everybody. Poppy says for y'all too. So don't be sitting up acting girly. You know, sometimes women pay no attention to what a car sounds like. I was trained by the best. Amen. Husband to train you to pay attention to everything. Amen. And then refuse to fix it for you. So you better call AAA. That's why I paid him. Oh, my goodness. Don't be so cold. Huh? But I thank God for all of it. Amen. I wound up not being a little wilting flower every time something goes wrong or I think something's going wrong. Amen. You have to learn these things, folks. You just got to learn. And so trouble comes whether we plan for it or not, whether it, you know, really manifests or not. The, The thought of something going wrong will come to you from time to time. You know, sometimes you'll just hear a word wrong or hear something said and and your emotions get triggered. You know, you get upset about things and all that kind of stuff. So because we know there's trouble in the world, trouble's right around the corner. And so, but Jesus said, but I want you to cheer up. When trouble comes, cheer up. Be of good cheer. James said, count it all joy. Amen. Because ha ha devil, this is going to work to my good. You just did me a favor, amen, because I know now I can hide in the shadow of the Almighty. Let me go get my hiding place, amen. You don't have to prove to the devil what you can do. Just go hide somewhere and let him watch God work on your behalf, amen. (laughs) Call his bluff. And so many times when we have trouble, we, we take it. Take it upon ourselves as it's our responsibility to resolve the the trouble. But if you're in Christ, it's God's responsibility. You just have to learn how to turn it over to him and not try to resolve it yourself. Amen. And that takes some discipline. It takes some, 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 you know, (laughs) behaving yourself more or less, you know, and, and letting God do what he needs to do and get your instruction from him. But Jesus said, I've given you this promise that whatever you ask for, the Father will give it to you in my name. Why did he give us that problem? So our joy would be full. He wants us to have all the joy that's possible to have. Not in a joy that lasts only for a moment and the enemy can steal it from us. Because it didn't come from the world. So the world can't take it. The devil wouldn't know what to do with the joy of the Lord if he could steal it. But what he does, he doesn't ever just steal our joy. He steals us out of joy. So he steals your attention and so that you step away from the joy of God. Amen. He doesn't want it, but he don't want you with it either. Amen. And so this is, this is how the enemy works against us. To defeat us, to pull us down and to pull us back is to pull us out of the fruit of the spirit and to, to take us out of the realm of joy means that he takes part of our strength away from us, our optimism, our hope, our encouragement. All of that comes in joy. Joy is, is I call it the champagne of the fruit of the spirit. 
amen, because it has such an effervescence to it. It's so much an effervescent spirit that it spills over onto other people. You can, joy is infectious just being around people. I mean, if you open yourself up to it, laughter certainly is. Amen. Peace is something different. You might have to work with people to get them to accept peace. You understand what I'm saying? If they're upset or something like that, you might have to speak to them, counsel them, share them a word. But many times if you're around somebody and they're laughing, you start laughing too. Amen. So it's, it's, it's on a higher, it, a higher, uh, transferable level than the other fruit of the spirit. Because people say things like, well, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I can love that person. You know, this, you hold on and withhold some of the other ones. But joy gets away from you. You can't hold on to it. It, it has a power all of its own. It's overcoming. It'll overcome you coming out of you. Amen. It'll overcome everything else that, that people try to put in your path to, to separate you from the love of God. So it, because it's an overcoming, uh, power, it's, it's the fruit of warriors. It's what warriors imbibe. Amen. And victorious warriors at that. I'm not talking about people just fighting everything all the time, but it's for the victorious. Amen. Uh, when they have, uh, you know, if you see some things like NASCAR or, or some of these other people when they when they have when they announce the the victor what's that the checkered flag that start that's the end of it yeah when they wave that checkered flag then what do the people in the pit do they go grab the champagne bottles and they shake them up and it pops out on everybody so it's from overcomers and for victors traditionally and so in the realm of the spirit joy is the champagne of the fruit of the spirit it's the highest level fruit because it's so infectious on its own and joy can change an atmosphere in no time amen now people who who can command peace are are very powerful in the spirit as well but i believe you have to mature more into that you understand what i'm saying you to be able to go into a room and change an atmosphere not every believer can do that. New believers can't do it. Not too often. More mature believe that's something more for a person who's paid the price to carry the presence of the Holy Spirit with them at all times. I'll give you an example. More Cirillo. Anybody ever been in one of his meetings? You know that ooze that comes up? You pay a price for that. That don't just come. You, know, you don't just say, God, give me the ooze. I know because I've tried it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but uh, Catherine Kuhlman had the same thing. She had the ooze and she also had the sleigh, as the young people would say. Amen. Because people would get slain when she walked past them. So she wasn't trying. She was just trying to get to the meeting and the Holy Spirit accompanied her. Amen. So you don't just get that through one one or two prayers or going to church and paying tithes. You you have to form relationship with God in order to get the ooze and the slay. Or the ooze or the slay. And you know, but but see that's for people who give Holy Spirit the freedom all the time to do what he wants to do. 
many times we want him to do. We we want God to do stuff, but he's got to get on our list. <laughs> if it ain't on your list, you don't want it. You know what I'm saying? So that's for people who say, God, just come on in, whatever you want to do. And they do it consistently. They live that way. That's part of it. I don't know all of it. If I did, I probably have it. But anyway, that's that's what the Holy Spirit does when you have uh, he has total control in your life. And that peace that comes and blankets an atmosphere that causes people to focus on God. That's what that's for. And so that that comes at a, a really a high price. And so you don't you don't get that all the time. But warriors and victorious warriors get joy. And joy is very infectious. You know, you can be around people and they'll come up to you looking, you know, crazy and ready to cry and dull countenance and sad and all that. And they just get in your presence a little bit and that joy will begin to hit them. Or you'll be able to say just the right word and their countenance changes and they pick up joy. Amen. Or you can laugh and they'll pick it up, you know, unless they just want to be mean all the time. You know, there's some, don't be laughing at me. I said, well, if you join in, I'll be laughing with you. Hint, hint. Amen. <laughs> but people like to infect you with their negative presence. I'll say it again. For people who are are victorious warriors, you need to know that your joy is going to tick some devils off too. Amen. And if people want to control the atmosphere with their anger and their, you know, they'll be mad at you because you got joy. Amen. I just don't like it when you laugh like that. Really? That's too bad. I do. (laughs) I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, my. Hmm. I guess I'll laugh some more. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) People need to quit. Everything that we have available for us, and see, you won't see, you won't see victory very easily if you don't have joy, if you don't learn how to yield to it. Amen. You just, you just have to learn how to yield to that. And once you begin to learn how to yield to it, you will find that it strengthens your spirit. It strengthens your, it strengthens everything about you. And Nehemiah 8, we'll go there. This was after the rebuilding of the wall. And I think the, the, uh, uh, Temple, they began to reopen the temple again. Let me see what it says here. We'll go to verse 1. It says, all the people gathered themselves together as one man. So they were all expecting God, amen, on one accord. And into the street that was before the water gate, and they spoke to Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. Now, Israel is coming out of a backslidden condition. They haven't had anybody read the word to them in decades. Amen. Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday before the men and women. Now, 
God had to be in control of this, folks. They stand there on one accord as one man ready to hear, and they listen for at least three to four hours. No coffee break, no Panera Donut, no, I know. <laughs> and he says, uh, from, uh, says from the, and men and women, who, those who could understand, and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, which they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood Mattahiah and Shema, Ananiah, Urijah, and all them, them brothers. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And, he, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also, Jeshua, Bani, and Shabiah, Jamin, all of them, and all of the Levites caused the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. So they read in the book, uh, in the law of God distinctly, and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, which is uh, uh, Tirshatha, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. So this weeping came at the reading of the word, but then Ezra and Nehemiah said, this is not a day for weeping. In other words, sometimes weeping is quite inappropriate. This is a holy day. Know what a holy day is? It's not a day for mourning. It's a day for rejoicing. Rejoice in the presence of the Lord your God because he has forgiven everything so these people when they started hearing the law their minds went back to how they neglected it and feeling bad for their past sins and and staying in that mode but god doesn't want you to stay in the mode of mourning and feeling bad for what you did bad he wants you to confess that move it out of the way and now let's move into where god is and god is rejoicing that you're here and that you're able to hear his word and that now you can go out and obey it see it's the same thing with with us as believers we're in a new covenant we're not in a covenant of uh, you know feeling bad for your sins and making other people feel bad for theirs you got me we're in the place of taking on the character of Christ, taking on the spirit of Christ. It's a holy time. It's the acceptable year of the Lord. So this is a time of rejoicing. Why? Number one, if you're saved, the devil's defeated in your life. Amen. He has no authority over you and no power over you like he used to have back in the old days. So this is why Nehemiah told the people, hey, you know what? Y'all killing the spirit in here. We want to have a party because, look, we've restored the temple. We can go back in and worship now. We can have the presence of God. We've repented, so let's move now into joy. That's why the Bible says weeping, just let it endure for a night and then move on. Because joy is here waiting for you. When you're sick of weeping and, and carrying on, then joy is waiting for you. And he said to them, 
this day is holy and this is uh, verse nine this day is holy unto the lord your god in other words this is a day to do what god says to do not what you think in your emotions you ought to be doing so mourn not and don't mourn not nor weep for all the people wept when they heard the words of the lord then he said unto them go your way eat the fat drink the sweet send portions to them for whom in other words it's time to rejoice have a party think about people that aren't able to do what you're able to do and go share the joy of the lord with them so this is the new covenant really these are shadows of the new testament that we have now in other words we don't sit weeping and mourning about our sins anymore why our sins are forgiven go out and tell the good news that their sins can be forgiven too amen and don't sit in this 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 place of of weeping because the joy of the lord is your strength you get no strength out of weeping and mourning now you might be overcome with grief but understand that stuff passes after a while and you can't hold on to it because god is your strength just step into the joy of the lord and so he said don't be don't be sorry amen because many of these people thought about back in the day when they used to have you know do temple worship and how they walked away from it but it's back again amen the temple is open now god has restored it he's restored you so let's go forth and enjoy what god is doing in our lives and don't live in the past amen living in the past will do nothing for you paul said forget those things that are behind amen and and stretch in and lean forward into the the victory that god has for you you know when the runners the uh people who are are running races when they get close to the finish line they lean into that tape with everything that they've got amen they learn how to stretch into that because the guy who's next to them might be that much closer than you are so if you can get an edge at any time you lean into that that's what we do when we worship god we lean into the future we lean out of the past and over into the future and allow god to take over amen and the victory is there your victory isn't in the past and lamenting what went on and all that stuff you know people think they can get a little sympathy you know you get tired of hearing about their you know what they didn't have growing up and how they were mistreated and bullied and overlooked and you know it's a new day invite them into the new day invite them into the joy of the lord god has already overcome that for us amen jesus took on him your past everything about it amen not just what you did wrong but what was done wrong to you and he offers healing for us and that's something to rejoice about amen so he says go and in in take take with you something to offer to others who maybe not have what you have maybe not as strong as you are maybe not in the place where you're at so it says here the levites stilled all the people saying hold your peace for the day is holy and don't you be grieved and all the people went their way to eat to drink and to send portions and to make great mirth because they had understood the words that were declared unto them amen and so the holy spirit has to interpret 
times and seasons for us, you know. Sometimes everybody can be flowing one way and God will have you not go that way. He'll have you go into a different direction. And so you have to learn how to hear from God and understand what day you're living in, what time it is. But when you step into the holiness of God, joy is there for you. Because in the presence of God is total victory over everything that the enemy would try to do with us. Amen. And so in the New Testament, we have joy unspeakable, as as Peter said, and full of joy, uh, glory. Because we joy in a a God that we have not seen, but we love him anyway. Amen. Let me find that one. It's in First Peter. Okay, thank you. First Peter one, one Pete one, and verse three will start there. He said, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again." In other words, we're born again unto a lively hope. In other words. The hope that we have is not just some little fairy tale in our minds. It's a lively hope. Amen. It's a life-giving hope, and it's a hope that's born of the life of God. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fades not away. I mean, how much more do we need, folks? We've got a, a, a resurrection in us already that is undefiled, doesn't fade away, and is reserved in heaven for us. Amen? So we have a deposit of the Holy Spirit in us that gives us a, a sense of what's in heaven waiting for us, gives us an understanding that we're on our way to something better, but we can draw from it while we're down here on earth. And he says, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And in this, you greatly rejoice. Amen. So if for no other reason, hell is your ticket to hell is canceled. Amen. And heaven is a sure thing. You know, sometimes saved people get to the place they don't even they're not even glad about being saved. We get so steeped up in bills and what's coming next and getting the next prosperity word from somebody amen if we would act on some of it that we've gotten already we'd be way far ahead he said wherein you greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be you are in heaviness through manifold temptations he said if need be you don't have to be weighed down by every little thing that happens in your life He says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Why is that? Because he puts his love inside of us where it can't be tampered with. Amen. In in having not seen, you love in whom, though you now see him not, you believe. And you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. The things that are unseen always bring us more joy than things that are seen. Think about it. 
when you go to pray for something, you don't have it in the material realm yet, but you're excited about it. You're excited to even think that God would give it to you. Amen. And so the unseen always presents a different aspect of of God. It, it presents there's it's like there's a constant hope there for something better because you don't see it yet. The things that are seen are kind of taken for granted. The things that are not seen open up our minds and our 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 understanding into so many possibilities. There's a possibility that you could have far more uh, independence than you have now. If you're one of those people, there's a possibility that your your family life will be more pleasant now because there's there's it's the unseen. You're drawing from something that's not seen. Amen. And so the unseen always brings that that extra excitement, that extra fruit of the spirit, that extra joy and gladness. And so when we when we understand what God's doing and see the the fact that we don't have it yet always disturbs us. Is I just want this. Then when's it coming, God? When 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 when? Well, you you get excited that He even offered to give it to you. Because before you met him, you didn't have no possibilities. Amen. It was just one dull day after the next dull day. Amen. So now that you have Christ, he's he's giving you a book. He said, ask anything of the father and I'm going to give it to you because I want you to be happy. I want your joy to be full. I want you to be joyful to overflowing. But in the meantime, you don't have it materially yet, but there's something inside you that's still excited about it. See, your faith is jumping up and down because it's latched on to something that it can pull into your life that's going to make your life down here on earth more pleasant. It's going to bring some other things with it, but you know God gave it to you. That's the best part about any just knowing God gave you something. God looked at me and he heard me and he blessed me with this. Amen. Knowing that part of it should fill you with unspeakable joy. Amen. Just he's he's looking at me. He noticed me. He heard my prayer. He considers me worthy, not in me, but I, I, I somehow I happened on something I did right in the realm of the spirit. And what it wasn't right, Jesus corrected it for me. You know, safe. You cross the finish line. You got in there. Huh? Some of us, our confession is raggedy. You know, we always say the wrong things instead of the right things. Then when you get around the saints, yep, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Huh? <laughs> You're in a bad mood and then tell people, you can't take my joy. I don't want it. It's got vinegar in it. Amen. Instead of champagne, you let you let the cork stay in too long. It makes vinegar that way. You need to release it more. Amen. It would be fresh. It would be it would serve you. It would nourish you as well as those around you. Amen. Yeah. Instead of being mad at somebody, sometimes, you know, you get mad at somebody and you don't even want to smile around them. 
this is truth. Poppy, I ain't lying, am I? I told the truth. I'm, I knew I wasn't lying. I'm telling the truth. You know, you keep your jaw so tight like they wired down or something. You know, you need to smile. A smile would change the whole atmosphere. Amen. I would try that sometimes with my husband. I'd be mad at him from yesterday. And I'd come in the front door and he'd crack the <laughs> Crack the door open a little bit and look around. He did it safe to come in here. No! <laughs> you know, but you know, God taught me better. Amen. Or sometimes he would say, I knew before I got in the key in the door it was going to be so and so and such and such. So you, you, you know, these things happen because you don't know any better. You think you're punishing somebody because you don't smile. I don't know. Uh, whatever. Maybe I'm the only person who was on their way to hell before God found them. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because you, you know the power of joy. You know it. That's why you withhold it. Amen. You know, if you let it out, things are going to be different. We might get along for a few minutes. Amen. So you gotta, you got to understand the power that God has given us. To change these things and change the situation. Amen. The word joy actually means calm, delight, cheerfulness. It also means an activity of rejoicing, to express rejoicing. So joy can be a a calm delight within or cheerfulness in your countenance, or it can be active in that you're rejoicing over something. Many times when people get an answer to prayer, they rejoice by giving their testimony. Amen. By allowing others to hear of the good things that God has done. Why? Because joy is very infectious. We said that already. There aren't many people who can sit through a testimony without responding appropriately and being happy that God has moved. If, if, they don't there's something really really wrong with them amen you you need help more than you know but rejoicing and joy have that effect on us amen that our joy will be full now joy was important in the early church as well and that's why uh, god told the through james he told the saints to count it all joy when you go through these diverse temptations because joy is for to carry you through to the point of overcoming. Amen. We're to ask anything so that our joy can be full. Amen. In Romans chapter 15, we'll go there for a minute. In verse 13, it says, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So joy causes you to keep hope alive, as they say. Amen. Because if, if you find joy in your in your spirit. That will cause you to rejoice in hope. It, it refreshes what it is that you're hoping for. To be concerned about something to the point, and you know you can't do anything to correct it right now, and not let, let yourself 
receive joy from God and remind yourself that you already prayed for that. You've already received that. And then the joy will come up on the inside of you. You know, I've been in places where I've I've been discouraged about something for a season or, it, you know, it it there's still a problem with it. You know, it comes and it goes and it comes and it goes. And then the the idea will come. He said, I said, well, wait a minute. God's done this already. I have this already. And then joy will start to well up in you because you finally come back into the truth of the hope that you have, that God has heard you and that that thing is on the way. See, the the reason you have joy is because you believe that you have it already by faith in your heart, but that in the natural realm, it is on the way because God is working on it. And that in itself gives you joy. That gives you rejoicing. That gives you hope. There are some times where things that will go go kind of wrong and, and we don't know how to fix them. But you know God has an answer and you know you're going to be able to do what God requires you to do in order to fix that thing. Amen. You know, sometimes we'll have a, a, a we'll be flowing really, really nicely financially. And then all of a sudden we'll hit like a wall where it seems to collapse, where it's just trickling in. And it's just, and you begin to thank God because he has it for God. If you brought it one time, you're going to bring it again. If there's something that I'm missing and what I need to do to make sure my faith is in there. and But that should give you joy that there's hope that there's a solution for you. See, you're never without answers. You're never without hope. You may not have it all right now in your pocket or or where you want to want it to be but there's a hope in you that understands that God heard my prayer he knows what i need he's going to help me if there's something that i'm doing and i'm where i'm missing it he's going to help me get back on track again because i was on track one time and i can get right back on track again and come out of that defeat mentality come out of that i got to tolerate this for a season because you know it's it's not going to get any better. It can change in a moment. Amen. It can change immediately if we ask God and we trust him to bring us the answers that we need. In Malachi 4, this is really more related to healing, I think. Malachi verse 4, chapter 4, I'm sorry. And start in verse 1, it says, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither branch nor root. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go forth and grow up, grow up, grow up as calves in the stall. And you shall tread down wickedness, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that the Lord says that I shall do that, says the Lord of hosts. So God is saying here that as long as you stay where, where he tells you to stay, amen, that, that your healing will come. Your righteousness will come. Everything that you need will come and you will begin to leap when it says 
rejoice like calves in the stall, uh, they leap and they kick up their hind feet. Amen. When they, you know, I don't know if anybody's ever seen, you know, farm animals, but calves tend to have a lot of energy. And they leap and, and jump around and kick up their hind legs in rejoicing. And God says that you're going to see wicked people disappear, but you're going to be in the midst of it rejoicing. Amen. Like calves in a stall. So this is an incentive to live for God. This is an incentive to do the right thing when you could do the wrong thing. Amen. It's an incentive to, to stay with God at all times. There was a, uh, 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 vision that uh, many of you know Henry Groover, the prayer walker. He passed away a couple years ago now, but God would show him visions oftentimes when he would pray. And, and he said that he saw a vision of destruction coming to this nation. Now, you know, you, you have to be careful saying stuff like this because, you know, people don't believe or you know, they don't want it to happen. They get upset. But this is what he says God showed him. And he said that there was a a missile launched and it hit um, hit into this nation. And he said, though, that wicked people were out in the streets crying and burning up and turning to ash. And there were some people walking through it that weren't even aware it was happening. And he said, those were the righteous. Amen. So if you stay with God, he said, and he said, God showed me. He said, this is Psalm 91 coming to pass. Amen. A thousand will fall at your side. Well, that's got to be true literally. You know, and somebody's got to live through that. But he said, the righteous, he said, in, there were two people that knew God that were walking along, having a conversation and weren't even aware that anything else was going on around them. Amen. So this is the same thing here. He says, you're going to tread down the wicked because they will be ashes under the soles of your feet. Amen. So if that's coming, you're warned. Amen. Just stay with God. You have nothing to to worry about. If you walk with God every day, it won't even affect you. And how do we know if something like that has not already occurred somewhere? You understand what I'm saying? But God takes care of this, his people. So there's great reason to rejoice. Amen. The son of righteousness arises with healing in his wings. So as people are around you burning, the sun is rising upon you, healing you, healing you as you walk, restoring you as you walk, bringing you into that place of total uh, awareness and total prosperity in him. Amen. So no man can take this joy away from you uh, because God has given it to you as a permanent possession. It's in your spirit all the time. All you have to do is learn how to yield to it properly. Amen. Just yield to the spirit of joy. God, you said I would have no no down days that 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 joy would come in the morning. And and show me how to yield to that portion of joy that belongs to me. Amen. It belongs to me. There is a, a place, too, where we are commanded to serve the Lord with joy and with gladness. Turn to Deuteronomy 28. Joy really starts the process of overcoming. Amen. Just 
you know, sometimes you have to ask God to help you to have the right attitude about things. You know, you, you sometimes you're not doing what you want to do in life or sometimes it's not happening the way you thought it was supposed to happen. And you have to ask God to help you find your way back into that joy. You know, it's nothing wrong with that. You know, you don't have to be a joy expert and and be happy, happy, happy all the time faking it. But there is a reserve of joy on the inside of us that is reserved for the overcomer. So in Deuteronomy 28, let's go to verse 40. Let's see. Start in, in verse 45. He said, moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue you and overtake you till you be destroyed because you did not hearken to the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you and they shall be upon you for a sign and for a wonder and, um, and upon your seed forever because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Now, joy we receive as a deposit in our spirits in advance of getting anything from God. These people already, this Israel had everything handed to them on a silver platter, and they still grumbled. We don't have sometimes much at all when we first come to know God, but he expects us to be joyful as well. He gives you a reserve deposit of joy on the inside of you to carry you through the times where you may not have as much as you like. Or you may be waiting on some things that you need from God. Or you might have a, a time where you, you're, you're penny pinching. You're, you, maybe your jobs are scarce and your money's scarce or something like that. And God deposits in us his joy already to sustain us whereas israel got theirs in advance and god was waiting on them to be joyful and glad and appreciate we get ours in advance as well but we don't get things we get him we get his love we get his peace we get his joy those things help cultivate our spirit to keep our spirit strong so that we can go out and fight another day for what we need if you go out depleted, it, it, this is how God fights for us, just like he did for Israel. And many times Israel would have to confront their enemy, and they, Moses raised his hand, and, and they began to defeat them. And people fell dead. Nobody in Israel was killed at all. Or God would cause the earth to open up and swallow up the enemy. Or he'd cause the enemy to turn on each other and fight one another instead of fighting Israel. So God fought for them in a different way than he fights for us. For us, he fights for us by the fruit of the Spirit. He fights for us with joy that keeps us strong in the Lord and overcoming everything. If you're full of joy, you don't take the devil seriously. You don't take his threat seriously. You see him as defeated already. You don't sit up and worry and brood about when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen and all that. You yield to the fruit of joy that lets you know, ha ha, devil, you can't get it. I got it already. You can't have this because I have it already. 
I believe I received it when I prayed and you can't get it. I got it already. You understand me? And quit listening to to this nonsense about you got to fight, bombard heaven. and You don't bombard God. Come on now. He's not real. He's given you everything already. What are you bombarding for? Huh? <laughs> Seriously. You know, people are fighting their own imagination sometimes when they make statements like that. You know, they keep fighting because they're not believing God's given them anything. Amen. Don't you get involved in that. You're a person of faith. You can walk in joy. Amen. Laugh even if you don't feel like it. Amen. Because laughter is more truth than than succumbing to some kind of, you know, fear or disdain or something like that. And going along with a long face and my goodness if god's done anything for you you know he saved you that's enough to rejoice from now until you don't get the penalty for what you did wrong and what you continue to do wrong some people amen so so nehemiah didn't allow any sorrow told him people turn it off Amen. And let's turn on the new thing that God is doing for us. He has given us his joy. Amen. Amen. In Psalm 16, verse 9, talks about the relationship of joy to your health again. Let's say Psalm 16. It says in verse 7, I will bless the Lord who has given me what? Counsel. That's worth more than gold right there for God to speak to you and tell you what to do. He has given me counsel. He said, my reins are my heart. The reins of my heart also instruct me in the night seasons. So you'll have dreams of the right thing to do. You get instruction as you sleep. He said, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh shall also rest in hope. So here's a picture of of the healing that comes to you when you know God is for you. You can rest and hope. Your heart is not palpitating and anxious. You're not anxious and nervous about anything. He said, your heart is glad. My glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest. Amen. So you're not denying what's in you by being agitated or sorrowful on the outside. You, this, this joy of God infects every member and every fiber of your being. Amen. Even people in the world know that. You know, you, you'll have people that, that, uh, use laughter as a medicine for people. They use it just like they would use a pill or anything else. Amen. Um, that, that Dr. Patch Adams, um, 
I don't know if anybody saw the movie. I wasn't like a Robin Williams fan or anything like that. But the story behind it is very powerful. It was more than about uh, a doctor that came in to see people in a clown face. They actually have an institute where they teach the power of laughter, joy, and happiness as a means of healing the body. Amen. And and uh, this Patch Adams is still alive, and he's still uh, serving. He's close to eighty right now. He's still uh, ministering. They teach people. Uh, it's called the Gesundheit Institute. <laughs> Gesundheit Institute. Amen. <laughs> um, and and they teach not only doctors, but they teach people. In uh, uh, ways of bringing joy, they dress up like clowns, many of them do, and they go and visit sick people. They visit hospice. They visit uh, children in the hospital. And because they firmly believe that laughter is healing, that laughter is medicine, that laughter and, and joy bring a healing to the human body, and they incorporate that. And they don't not... Um, you know, treat people medically, they do that as well. But they firmly believe that this is an essential part of the treatment that they give to people. And it's very, very effective. Unfortunately, most people's insurance won't pay for it. (laughs) They won't pay for you to really get better by laughing. God forbid all the doctors find out you can laugh your way to health. You won't need them, right? So there's that competition for the buck again, but they they get enough funding so that they can keep that thing alive for people who really, really need it. And so it's a good thing to remember that laughter is actually a medicine for you. There's nothing wrong with people coming into a hospital room and causing people to laugh, causing them, I don't care how serious your situation is by his stripes you're healed anyway so you might as well have a good time and laugh about it amen and hopefully that joy will take you through and be a strength for you you know not many people are bold enough and confident enough in god to really take control of things in that way but that's actually a medicine it is a legitimate medicine for people who are facing uh those kinds of things so Amen. Um, in Genesis chapter 17, I'll take you back to the where the fruit of laughter comes from for us who are heirs, joint heirs with Christ and Abraham's seed. Um, uh, Genesis chapter 17, in verse 10, God said to Abraham, keep my covenant. And this is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your seed after you. So this covenant that God gives Abraham right now is an inheritance for not just his natural seed, but for his seed through Christ Jesus. Every man child among you shall be circumcised and you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin. And it shall be a token of the covenant between me and you. He that's eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man, child in your generations, born in your house, bought with money or the stranger that is not of your seed. So that includes the Gentile. 
He that is born in your house and he that is bought with money must needs be circumcised for my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man whose flesh is of the foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from the people. He has broken my covenant. God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and give you a son also of her. Yes, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Now, Abraham laughs at this because he considers it to be so far out of the the, the realm of possibilities. This has got to be a joke. This is the first thing that is generated. The, the most genuine response in us is our first response to something. So here his first response... <laughs> Really? Oh, my goodness. Seriously? Amen? So his first response is what's deep deep down in his heart. The response to the impossible is laughter. That's the way it should be with us. The response to the impossible for us should be laughter. Amen? God, I'm thanking you for that. Man, this is going to be the biggest joke. You mean to tell me people are going to look at me and see how old I am and see I'm pregnant and they're going to. This is really funny, God. Amen. This is really. And and so that response of laughter is our inheritance as well. See, that's what we inherit as seeds of Abraham. We have his faith. We have his heart. We have his his response to things that go on, things that are impossible, cancer, we should be able to laugh. God, don't tell me. you go cure me of this. I'm sitting here with all these cords hanging out of me, and they talk about chemo and radiation and all this stuff. We should be able to laugh at the devil's threat that he can kill us with that because that is a legitimate response to that which is impossible. If Abraham's faith produced laughter at the impossibility of having a son at their old age, then we can produce laughter at any disaster, at any cancer, at any problem, at any disaster, at anything, because we have overcome it already because of the blood of the Lamb. If you have confidence in what Jesus has done, you can laugh at anything the devil threatens you with. It's your first response to the impossible. Don't tell me you're going to do that for me, God. I receive it. Amen. I receive it. Don't leave it on the table. Don't leave it out there as a thing of ridicule. But that's that's the response of the circumcised heart to the threat of the enemy at every turn. This is a joke, devil. You're not getting it. It belongs to me and I belong to God. If you can cross the bloodline and I know you can't, 
So you stay over there where you you cannot have it. Amen. You're the biggest joke that was ever perpetrated. People listen to you and get discouraged and get crazy and all that kind of stuff. I'm laughing at you because my father Abraham laughed that he might have a child, which was impossible. He laughed at the impossible. And God says, Sarah, your wife shall bear a son indeed, and you shall call his name Isaac, which means laughter. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting. So we have a covenant of laughter in the face of disaster. We have a covenant of laughter in the face of the impossible. We have a covenant of laughter in the face of disease that could be threatening us. And as long as you stay in that place of overcoming, laughter means you have already overcome and it's not a threat to you. We laugh at Rona every week, twice a week. Because she can't get us. And we know she can't get us. Because we're concealed in the blood of Jesus. Now some of y'all might think it's wrong to laugh at the devil, but I don't think it's wrong. I think it's totally appropriate. Because once you know whose you are and who you serve, and that he has already overcome for you, he said, be of good cheer. Ha, 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 ha. I have overcome the world. So when these things come and threaten you, you can laugh at them and be of good cheer and laugh at the devil and don't be laughing at people. Just, you know, don't be carnal about everything, but learn who to laugh at. You laugh at the devil because he, he doesn't have anything to do with you. And he says, as for Ishmael, I've heard you. I blessed him, too. So so you can laugh at the devil on his behalf because he'll be a great nation. He said, but my covenant. I will establish with laughter. Amen. And Sarah will bear, uh, which bear, Sarah shall bear unto you at this time, set time in the next year. And when he left off talking with them and God went up from Abraham, Abraham took the Ishmael and followed through. He always followed through on what God promised them. Amen. Sarah laughed also at the announcement of of Isaac amen in chapter 18 verse 11 says now Abram and Sarah were old and well stricken of age and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women therefore Sarah laughed within herself saying after I'm waxed old shall I have pleasure my Lord being old also and the Lord said to Abraham why did Sarah laugh saying I shall of a surety bear a child which am old is anything too hard for God? So laughter comes as a response of knowing that the impossible will come to you. Amen. We should have joy every day over the fact that we're born again. Joy every day over the fact that the devil can't steal anything from us. Joy every day that we serve a God who can bring impossible things into our lives. See, we haven't tapped into much of what God has for us because we're too busy worrying. How's it going to work out? What's it going to happen? You know how it works out. You know the end of the movie. Amen. (laughs) You've seen the end already. You know it works out for your good. So you should at least be able to enjoy the journey. Amen. Joy 
allows us to enjoy the journey instead of sitting on pins and needles worrying about, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder what's going to You know what's going to happen. God's going to turn it around for you. It's going to work in your favor. In fact, it's working in your favor. You need how to enjoy the journey while God's working it out in your favor. Learn how to enjoy the things that God is doing. Amen. I was in court with these people and, you know, they want to sue me and take property away from me, you know, and it wasn't like I wasn't living in the property anymore. I had a house, you know, and it but I don't look at it as, oh, well, I don't really need it and I shouldn't fight. No, you don't get it, devil. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, you know, most people, if it, if you live in there, it's life and death. <laughs> it's life and death to me all the time, except I've overcome already because I'm in Christ. You got me? And so when I, I would go to court and, and God didn't let me get nervous. You know, there was this lawyer came in and, and, uh, when, before we got to court, I had called him, you know, I had a subpoena and all that. And he sent me a letter. He said, well, call me so that we can go over things before before we get to the court. And so I called him and he was very arrogant, you know, and nasty. He said, well, I'm going to tell you how this is going to go. I said, oh, we got a false prophet here. in the. <laughs> go ahead, brother, prophesy. Huh? Uh, you know, this is a judge. I've been before him many times and. Usually it goes like this, and you, you you might as well sign everything over because this is how it's going to go. And blah, 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 blah. and so, you know, we'd go down and, and go to hearings, and he would be all dressed up and slicked up, prancing around. And, you know, by the time we hit hearing number three, his hair was all sticking up over his head, and he was sweating every time you saw him. And, you know, when, before I would go in there, God God would say, I'm going to show you something. <laughs> Watch me. Let me show you this. And so I saw him go from an arrogant, proud, you know, self-assured, confident, somebody's going to take something from somebody kind of person to somebody. At the end of the trial, he wouldn't even show up anymore. He sent his assistant. He just couldn't take it anymore. And God said, this is what I do to your enemies who won't listen to me and leave you alone. Amen. See, widows, whether you know it or not, have a special place in God's heart. A little defenseless little widow down there. Uh, Orphans, too. You know, when your mom and your father reject you, the Lord will take you up. So he takes care of those that. And especially if they're servants of his that call on his name, you know. And and so I watched how the devil destroys people who are adamant against God's servants. Amen. To try and steal something that doesn't. And no, they never took my property. Amen. They And nobody else lost it either. Amen. Because it was, it was set up that, that he would just wind up with it because he'd taken so much property. Many uh, buildings on that block had been taken over by his company, but God, amen. So I was able to laugh. I couldn't wait to get down there and say, oh, God, what are we going to do this time? <laughs> what you going to show me this time? It's going to be fun, amen. You need to have some joy, amen. The devil wants to put us under restrictions and 
fear and crying all the time and begging. You know, you don't do that. You belong to God. Amen. Victory belongs to you already. You're not waiting on it. You have it already. So rejoice. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you for giving us victory and giving us rejoicing. We have victory and we act like it. We laugh at the devil because he'll never win. He's lost already. And he doesn't have us because we belong to you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Praise God. Anybody need prayer? Come on up and I'll pray for you. Praise God. Amen. Praise God.
on the internet. Just stretch forth your hands to your screen. You can touch your screen as a point of contact and allow the power of God to permeate your body, your atmosphere, everywhere. Father, I release the fruit of joy to the people in the name of Jesus. It's a healing. Those who have been sick or wounded, let them receive your joy in the full measure that they would be healed, that they would be whole, intact, nothing missing, nothing broken, everything intact. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen. declaration. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona or monkey pox or whoever he is. They can't get me. Amen. And I thank you, Lord, by your precious stripes. We are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you. 